Hello and you're very welcome to this week's uh, Sports View Extra with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and the show is as always kindly sponsored by Heinz Pharmacy here in Roscommon Town. And now it's time for our uh, weekly chat with Larry O'Gorman. Hello Larry, how are you? Hello Aidan, how are you? And hello to all your listeners there as so. well. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, so yeah, so it's a very uh, it's a very interesting week. Most of the county, the hurling county finals are on this weekend, and I suppose we'll kick off with the uh, Kilkenny uh, county final there. Ballyhale Shamrocks into another county final. Yeah, yes, again, <laughs> what more? Uh, what more could you expect? Really, you know, the, they're carrying the tradition of uh, of the hurling in Kilkenny for the last number of years now. So. You know, uh, earlier on in the year, there was under a little bit of pressure for some reason. Uh, Tuller and Tommy Welch and the crew uh, knocked them off their perch. I think it was a draw in the end. They got a late point to, to equalise it. But, you know, I, I felt all along that they were going to get better and stronger. And and, and uh, that's exactly what happened. So they did have a tough old game against James Stevens uh, last week in the semi-final. So it was a close encounter. And, uh, you know, um, uh, it, it went to extra time, which was uh, a little bit unusual in, in, in style of hurling for... Uh, uh, Kilkenny because they normally get a game finished really quick up there you know in terms of yeah. uh, the underdogs uh, uh, put up a, a fantastic fight uh, against them that was James Stevens so uh, we're right down to the wire you know and everyone thought James Stevens had it in the bag and one or two harsh decisions in the end swung us in favour of uh, Valley Hill Shamrocks but to be quite honest overall uh, as I said as the year went on they got better and stronger so they are coming up against Dixborough who would be um, an up-and-coming team as well in Kilkenny, would you believe it, after producing some lovely hurlers over the years. But uh, this should be very interesting. And I'd say if Ballyhale Shamrocks go out with the intention of thinking that they have this one in the bag, well, I think they're going to find it very tough. Even though they found it tough again, James Stevens, but I think they'll find it tougher against Dixborough because they're a solid, solid-based team. So it'll be interesting now how, how TJ Reid and the crew stand up to this crowd, you know, because... Uh, as I said, James Stevens put up against them last weekend and they nearly folded, but they saw the way through in the end, and that's what winning always does for you. It, it shows you a way or gives you a way how to win, a, win it. And it's, it's not over to say till the, till the final whistle, and, and Bally Hale proved it last week, and they'll be up again this week, of course. That's it, because uh, the Kilkenny County final is always very close. It's always very um, closely contested. It's uh, a very hard county to win. It is. <clears throat> and if you looked at Kilkenny over the last number of years, uh, in, they've produced some of the top top class hurlers in the country that we've seen for for a long, long time. And most of them uh, have been involved with the club for the last number of years, and a lot of them are still involved with the club. So they're top class hurlers. Uh, to be quite honest, they get on any any county team throughout Ireland. So you know, it's the best against the best, really. You know, so that's that's what makes Kilkenny hurling so sweet, and it has been for the last number of years. You know. Uh, everyone wants to put on a Kilkenny jersey, and if you're starting at underage level and your your intention is to make the senior squad, well, you'll give us one hell of a shot, you know. And there's no really big distractions in their way, no football or that like that, and very little soccer. So it's one love sport up there, and you know they they've proven over the last year, a number of years, ten, fifteen years under Brian Cody especially, that uh, this is the love of their the love of their game, and and they're proud to be hurling traditional county and you know everyone wants to put on the Kilkenny jersey so it's their opportunity now as well um, with the club scene the way it's run at the present moment separate from the inter-county championship so a lot of guys will be uh, pointing, pointing over towards Brian Corey and say hey Brian how about having a look at me and he's saying the same back to them you prove it to me at your club level and, and I have no problem bringing you in. 
That's it, because that's what it's all about. That's what the, uh, I suppose, this week, this year, compared to other years, uh, that's it. that gives uh, club players a better chance to get into the thoughts of uh, of uh, David Fitzgerald ahead of the uh, the, the inter-county season for uh, for Rexford. Yes, or it for, does. Uh, well, for any for, county, you know. For Rexford, you're dead right for any county, and that, and that goes down to hurling the football as well, and it certainly gives the outside manager an opportunity. <clears throat> to have yeah. a look at guys that that haven't been on display for you know for for a few number of years now, and <clears throat> we spoke about this before. Inter County uh, hurling and football really took over the whole club scene altogether. And you know, if you're calling to the panel in January, is very very seldom would you be getting called in in June or July, especially if you're even if you're in good form. Managers used to say to themselves or think to themselves, well, it would be unfair to bring a guy in at this stage of the year because. He's he's lost out on six months of heavy training and different different levels of hurling and stuff like that, you know. So it's different if you're an ex player coming back from an injury or something like that. End of no issue bringing you in. But for a young lad trying to break into a panel, he either has to be brought in earlier on in the year, you know, to, to settle in with guys and get used to the routine and, and the training program. But uh, from this point of view, you know, it sort of give Cody or Davy Fitz or, or Donald Cusack or whoever's involved with the inter county teams a chance to look in. Uh, and everyone and give everyone a, a clean sheet and, and a clean plate sorry and, and say come on in we'll have a look at you that's it so uh, I suppose really uh, look, looking to the Cork, the, the Cork Championship at the moment really uh, you know it's kind of been rocked there with a, with a few cases of COVID there so um, I suppose that that's not, it's not as, the Cork Championship isn't as straightforward because there's a couple of players um, that have it but uh, I suppose else, elsewhere around the country with kind of county finals yeah, it's, it's been very interesting for the last week and a half in the heavens previous since then, but it has been very interesting. Uh, you know, the Piercy down in Limerick put up a masterclass display of hurling. I think they won by 25 points or more over Dune. So it was one of the sort of highlights of that weekend in terms of uh, a team effort, team performance. You know, it's like a team that could go on to win a, a club all Ireland. And if if the Piercy represented Limerick this year, you'd say they'd, they'd have a right go in the, in the county championship because uh, they played such at a high level <clears throat> but they gave an outstanding display and that, that one really caught my eye and of course uh, if you look into Dublin then Kula turned on the style again once again against Bally Bowden Kula under the, under the watchful eye of uh, William Maher an ex-Tipperary hurler he was down involved with us at a club level there for years well and he's a very good coach and he's a very honest coach and uh, he's open to to, to ideas and, and listening to people which is I, I find it very respect, respectful for managers to come in and ask players what do they want and, you know so I knew he was going to do a great job when he went up there a little bit of a shock last year when they got beaten in the Leinster Club Championship already but overall he, he, he's done a great job with them and, and they're after bouncing back as well so that'll be good for Dublin Hurling as well now because they're after saying now that Dublin have got a great rest now and these players that have gone back to the clubs ha, has really settled into the the system of playing for the club and, in, and giving it all for the county when they're asked back in. So, very interesting there. And of course, the big one for me that stood out, I don't know if you've seen it yourself, Aidan, or maybe some of your listeners might have watched this, was the Tipperary County final. Yeah, I heard that was a, a, a terrific game. I didn't oh, get God, to see again, it. Yeah, I thought it was never going to end. <laughs> From one end to another end, score after score, battle after battle, you know, some high class performances. But it was incredible how. Uh, Lockmore Castellani got a free with almost one minute entry time, one minute on the clock after extra time as well, of course. Yeah. And, and, and John McGrath stood up and he, he planted over the bar 
And like I say, again, he turned around to run out the field. He didn't realise what was after happening. But within within the space of eight to ten seconds, the ball ended up with the last strike of the game, top corner net, an incredible, incredible goal to win it. Uh, it, it was that quick. Uh, the referee blew the whistle that quick that the goalkeeper hadn't got a chance to turn around and pick the ball out of the net. So. A big shock. Kiladagan have been there for, I think it's 109 years, but they've been junior for the last number of years and they've been struggling. But, uh, you know, they've got it together within their own club facilities and within their own uh, community and stuff like that and, and started from an underage, which we spoke about in the past. That's it. And I suppose it goes to show you what can be achieved when, uh, I suppose, the whole village gets behind the, their GA club, you know, the facilities that can be brought about. And I suppose, you know, as you were saying there, they were junior maybe a couple of years ago. So, I mean, when you consider that only a couple of years ago they were they were junior and this year they're, they, get, they got to a Tipperary Senior County Hurling final, that's a huge achievement in such a short space of time. Oh, it is. It is, and you know, and hats off to them as well. You know, they, they have a fantastic underage structure down there as well. A friend of mine uh, who used to teach down that area was telling me that the underage structure within the clubs, uh, within the schools, sorry, and then into the clubs, they says, you know, it, it, it's gone very professional, and, and I suppose it's throughout the country, and to be quite honest, because a lot of clubs are gone like that. So a lot of clubs are really looking as if to say, look, we, we either have to live with the big boys or, or we fall away altogether. And so they're bringing in top class coaches. They're bringing, bringing in uh, structures uh, throughout the whole club, and you know if it's from under twelve, uh, it goes all the way up to senior, and, and this is what's been taught and uh, skillful levels are being put into kids. That you need to learn all this and have all this if you want to make, uh, play at the top level. So they they put in a massive effort, I believe, for the last eight or ten years, and it certainly has paid off now. And hats off to them. A little bit of a shock, but you know that's that's. A sport for you, really. You know that's what we're always saying. It's great that the underdog turns up on on the day and causes an upset, and that's great for the village and the people there. And they've been rewarded for everything that they've done in the past. And you know, it's it's great to see that. That's it, because I suppose really in in a lot of places, uh, in a lot of counties around the country, the their GAA club is the lifeblood of the. Uh, of, of the village like you know that's where they, they meet up you know to watch the matches but also to kind of meet other people and have a chat and and enjoy that uh, I suppose that Sunday where they go to support their uh, their local team and meet up with friends and things like that it's uh, it's, a, it's a great way of uh, I suppose the village the village coming together on a, on a match day yeah uh, I used to love us to be quite honest though I used to look at the county finals and and the build-up to the county finals, and you go to different little areas around Wexford, especially, you know, and you see the little village all lit up with their flags and their, and their, and their own posters and some dummies all dressed up in their gear and stuff like that. It's it's phenomenal occasion for a little parish. You know, the bigger parishes ha- have to deal with a little bit more because if you're living in the town or in a, a what do you call it, um, a bigger a bigger area, you know, you, you're probably, your opposition maybe could be rugby or soccer and stuff like that. And so, okay, uh, that's acceptable as well. You just have to do your best on what you're doing. But in terms of the small community like Kildangan and a few others, it's remarkable how the people get together and, and uh, you know, pull together, as you said, you know, to get up on a Sunday morning, go to the mass, go down to the shop and get your newspaper and then go down and watch your juniors or your seniors or the, or the underage training. It's 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 quite refreshing to be quite honest, you know, and it's nice and relaxing as well that you're you're going down to see, especially the underage, you know, the future of the club. And there's an old man used to be down beside me, and every morning I used to see him. Every weekend when the youngsters were trained, he was there 
for years and years in. Yeah. And he'd be able to tell me when he meet me to say, Larry, you see that young lad here or this fella there or that fella there? That fella's going to make it. That fella's yeah. going to make it. I can tell you. And there's an old fella down here at Heffo Welsh. He used to always say to me, James Larry, do you remember when we were watching a young last train and we were talking about Lee Chain and, and certain other players? We were always saying these guys will make it. And there they are, they're making it. So you're right. The community, the community spirit and what hurling and football does for people in general is yeah. it gives everyone a lift because not everyone goes to the pub not everyone follows other sports and uh, you know you're, you're, you're loyal to your club yeah, the club have given me and has given lots of other people a great opportunity in life and it's great to be involved with that your club is like your family I always say that treat your club like your family respect it and do what you can for your club because there's one day that you might have to turn around and depend on the club to do something for you and we all know over the last number of years and years gone by, Aidan, if there's an awful tragedy or a death within the community, the way the GA pulled together, it's it's quite remarkable. And of course, you know, uh, the GA always hands out, uh, puts their hand out and says, look, you're welcome to come in here and if there's anything we can do, we'll do it for you. So that's the spirit of the GA and that's the spirit of the game. And that's the way we love to continue this on and carry it on because, uh, you know, it's me, I'm gone by, by myself all days in terms of hurling or, fo- or hurling. But it's for the future of my kids, and if there's nothing I can do within the club to help them out, whether it's a bit of painting and marking the pitches or, or doing whatever I can for the club to help them out to keep them going, that's what I'll do. And, and hopefully my kids will carry on my tradition when I move on. That's it. And I suppose it's even things like, you know, uh, when players retire, some players uh, do coaching as well. And I'm sure that's what you kind of do every now and again. You mightn't, we say, be actually... actually um, I suppose coaching a team, but you come, you go down to the odd training session and maybe um, have a chat with the players and you know give them a, give them encouragement encouragement. Maybe you know if they're in a county final or if there's a big match, just to kind of it gives a, things like that give the give the team a boost. And it's uh, I suppose it's uh, little things like that that uh, that underage players, under twelves, under fourteens, under sixteens, you know, to hear from uh, a player, uh, someone like yourself that takes the time out to go down to them and have, has a word with that, that can mean a lot as well. Yeah, well, I, I always say that, and I've always done that over the years. Like, I mean, yeah. this year was the first year I more or less took a little step back, and it's not a step back that I, I had enough. <laughs> to be honest, I, I actually did too much over the last over the last seven, eight years since since I more or less retired. You know, I still played a junior hurling at 52 years of age. I played play. three or four games last year, you know, so... I was still involved. I was selected with the senior team. I was the manager of Dunner 21 and I coached the Camogie team. So I help out coaching the Camogie team. Sorry, I want to address that properly. I help out and, you know, when they're playing matches, then I set up the goals and I set up the, the whole pitch for them and stuff like that. So I, I'm still still giving my bit, but at the present moment, I'm. Uh, you're right, I go out every Sunday morning. I'm out there every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night with all the youngsters and I go around uh, to play little matches and I go and I go and I talk to them and have a bit of a chat to them and, you know, encourage them, you know, uh, as best I can. And, you know, uh, youngsters are today have to be sort of looked after and cared for in a, in, a, in a special way that, you know, when their mothers and fathers are looking in at you, to know that you're going over to give their kids advice and, and they love it. And, and the odd time I would give a young lad a hurling ball and put it into his pocket and say, bring it home and wear it out off the wall or something like that. Yeah. Keep that hurling in your hand and stuff like that. So you're always encouraging the young lads. And that's because I love the hurling and, I, I'm the very same when I've done a bit of football as well, but that is, hurling is my passion and, and I love to pass it on to the kids and, and kids appreciate that. And what I, what I really find uh, most satisfying is 
when I do talk to the youngsters or if I do do a little coaching session, which I've done a lot of them this year, and it only takes a half an hour or an hour, you get respect and you get messages back from the parents or the selectors saying, well done, Larry, thanks a million. The young lads is really, really thriving. He, he really appreciates you having a chat to him and stuff like that. So, you know, that, that means an awful lot to me now. It's, it's very same as getting a round of applause after you catching a ball or you're scoring a point. You know, that little bit of feed that comes back to you will always inspire you to continue on. And, and that's what I love doing. And I always encourage guys that pack it in. I, I, I sometimes... Guys that have played senior for the club for 10 or 15 years and decide to go off and play a bit of golf and stuff like that. I go chasing them guys and ask them, will they come back and just do a little bit of hurling, help us out with the underage. You know, it's not a big job, it's not a big operation. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a selector, just come out and do a little bit of hurling and stuff like that. And, you know, we have been rewarded over the last number of years where guys do come back out and, and give a little bit of help and hand. hand. And, you know, they find it satisfying and uh, to be quite honest, they, they didn't realise how enjoyable it was till they came back and say, Larry, this is great, I love this. And I like, yeah, we'll keep it going then because the club needs you and when the club, when you needed a club most for somewhere to go and somewhere to enjoy playing your sport, the club gave it to you. Now, and I think it's only right that you give a little bit back to your club. That's it. That's it. And uh, I suppose elsewhere, elsewhere around the country, are there are there any other uh, county finals that stood out? Uh, the Antrim yeah. final, for example. Yes, the Antrim final was on, and that was a, a fantastic final as well. In, but to, to be honest, uh, the one that I was actually watching. Uh, even though we we're talking about Kildagan again, Lockmore, Castellini, uh, the Castellini, the the final, the tip final, the Kerry County final was the super final. Yeah, would you believe it? Yeah, it was an incredible Causeway and Kilmore, uh, Kilmarley won. They they won by one point two twelve to one fourteen, which is incredible hurling. You know, we're talking about how the standard of hurling in Kilkenny's and the Wexfords and the Tipperary's. But I tell you one thing, that, that final was sensational now. And there's a friend of mine, a group of fellas, would you believe, that I met back in, uh, back in 2001 or 2002 from that area on holidays. And I became friends with him and I went to some of the weddings down there. So it just tells you how the GA world spreads very fast. But I'm always in touch with him. And I'm always, always friends, uh, uh, friends with him on Facebook, and we're always passing a few messages uh, around about the hurling and stuff in general. But that, that was that was a, a, an amazing county final. You know, people always talk about the big guns, but, but I tell you one thing: these boys put on a big performance, which was hats off to them. You know, so it very interesting. And o- over in Galway, to me, was the, it was the semi final. The Turlock Moor were playing Loch Ray in the semi final as well. That was another one. Though. I'm not sure who's in the other semi final. But that was an incredible game as well. It was 217 to 117. And the standard of Hurling, once again, that we're seeing, people sometimes say that Intercounty Hurling stands out more than Club Hurling. But so far this year, because we haven't got Intercounty Hurling, people are starved for, for the Club Hurling scene. And now they're witnessing some of the top class hurlers in top class, top class action with their club. So we are after seeing some remarkable matches this year throughout. Uh, the club scene throughout Ireland, and it's fantastic now because not all not all hurlers get a chance to display their, their skill levels and stuff like that. So, thanks to to yourselves and the, and the the team of G and RTE and whoever's doing all the live streaming for all these games, it's really both hurling and, and football to be quite honest back on the map in terms of getting to see your club, getting to, getting to see your community and the spirit of the community. And we spoke about it earlier. You know, that's that's the love of the game. You do it for the love of the game. So. Interesting times, but we have a big game at the weekend as well, of course. The Six Mile Bridge, that's David Fitzgerald's team, are taking on O'Callaghan Mills in, in the Clare County Finals. So that will that will be a, a, a very interesting uh, encounter um, because I, I don't think Davy 
and, and the manager of the opposition see eye to eye so that should be very interesting uh, spectacle on the sideline to see how they get on but I'd expect Six Mile Bridge to win it but if you know, Callan Mills beat him it uh, won't be a surprise around like that but I think Davy Davy has these guys flying down there so it's great to see that he, he, he's, he's keeping the passion going down and winning his own county before he runs back into Wexford and uh, we all know Aidan, that it won't be long now before that scene kicks off as well so that's it because uh, I suppose really when you, when you look at uh, you know the commitments that he has with Wexford to be able to do that and manage his club uh, Six Mile Bridge it takes a very special coach to be able to do both because it's not many people that can combine the club and the county uh, you know coaching uh, to, you know the two uh, two in the one season it takes a lot uh, it takes a lot but he, he seems to he has that passion and you know he obviously loves it he must, he must be on the road six days a week like with, with everything that's going on yeah well he has the passion there's no question about it as well and, and of course he has the time as well because I don't think he actually works he has a little bit of business stuff going you know so he doesn't actually you know I don't want to say he, he has his operations to work and there's no question about it but you're dead right he has the, he has the passion for us and there's a lot of people throughout the country has has a lot of passion as well of course and uh, and for, from their point of view, they're all in, in work and 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 what a responsibility show. And, and Davy has his, but he, he has time out for himself. And he often tells me that he loves to go off to play a game of golf as well as that. So I said, Jesus, Davy, you're, you're you're really living the life, you know. So you know you're dead right. Um, he he's a very passionate man. He, he's very he's very up to date with it as well, which is important. Uh, you know, coaches need to be coached themselves. You know, they're yeah. not only coaching players, but they need to be coached and to make sure that they have the proper the proper uh, way of dealing with issues and problems and you know when when you come to the pressure and of course then it's how you deal with players if, if the players are starting to fall out with you or if you're starting to fall out with them you have to be able to cope with the pressures of all that so you know fair play to them now and as I said uh, we're coming to the end of all the county finals now very shortly so that would uh, we, we'll be getting into the National Football League then uh, shortly and then after that then it's all all gone whole then for the Football Championship and the Hurling Championship so we still have a bit of the year to see, so hopefully if this COVID completely dies away, please God, it will go away, that we will see uh, the local or the inter-county championship. If we can see that, then I think we'll, we'll be happy coming up to Christmas, you know, because uh, it has been a bit of a lull time there for a lot of people that couldn't get out over the last number of months and stuff like that. So it gives a little bit of a spurt coming into Christmas as well. And, you know, we're just looking forward. So we're looking forward to it, as we say, the way we're looking forward to seeing Christmas. That's it, that's it. And uh, I suppose really down here now in Roscommon, it's a County Hurling final weekend between two very uh, two very good teams, Parry Pierce's and uh, at League in the final. And uh, a change of venue now, it's uh, it's in Dr. Hyde Park, the county final. Normally normally it's in um, it's in at League. But uh, the thing that the, uh, and I was talking to two players from each camp, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Pat Nolan, he plays for at league and Roscommon senior hurlers, and uh, of course uh, Owen Costello, who plays for uh, Parry Pierce senior hurlers and the uh, Roscommon hurlers. And we we've said that the, about uh, Doctor High Park compared to at league. At league is a lovely ground as well, and it's more kind of hurling specific, as in you know the the way the grass is, the length of the grass, and all that. But um, the the one thing that uh, the Hyde offers is. Um, is plenty of width, so that means that there's plenty of space to for good hurling. Yeah, well, you know, I have been following following the results of their Aiden since I've been talking to you for the last couple of months. I have been following the results of them, you know, in terms of uh, in the 
getting to see how, how everyone is progressing. And of course, Padre Pearson would have been one of the big teams that stuck out to me. Well, it stuck out to me in terms of one of high high performances. But you know, as you said, as league are not a bad team either. So it should be very interesting. And I did train. Uh, one of the teams in that league years ago, a, a county team, and to be quite honest, I thought the pitch was magnificent and plenty of open space. You're dead right on a lovely place to play hurling. So I just want to say I wish both uh, the very best to look at the weekend and, and may the best team win. And we often say, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve and, and die for your club. And whoever does that most, I think, will come out winner. So it'll be a close one to call because a lot of people, as you said, uh, a lot of people are expecting a big classic, uh, big uh, classic game. And on county final day, you're not quite sure what you're going to get out of players. A uh, little bit of pressure and a little bit of intensity and all comes into the game. So whoever copes with it most and whoever, more or less, as you said, gives it all in, uh, have, a, have, a, have a, a greater chance of winning. That's it, because uh, as league has been to the last two uh, two county finals, two years ago, um, it was four roads uh, against that league in the final, and that league won that. And then last year, I suppose, <laughs> four roads gained revenge by uh, beating that league in the final last year. So it's uh, it's one all at the moment. So Sunday will decide. Uh, will decide who uh, you know. But look, they're two they're two very good clubs. But uh, I suppose really to, to also we we have to give a mention. There's a very special birthday going on in your house at the weekend, isn't there? Oh yeah, my little girl, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, she's turning eight now. So uh, I tell you, Aiden, uh, would you believe it's uh, over over a year ago? Her mother is a hockey player. She played a bit of hockey for Leinster. Her grandmother's a hockey coach, and uh, she's she's as hard as nails. And I was hoping to get her into the camogie, uh, but she was more or less fell in love with uh, fell in love with the hockey. But thank God, I won't say thank God for the COVID, but ever since the COVID had have hit this house, we've been out in the back garden, day in, day out, morning, noon and night, hurling, hurling, and she's gone hurling crazy now, which is great. And she's, as, as I say, she's as hard as nails. And if she turns keeps going the way she's going, I think we could have a new Tommy Welch playing Camogie for Wexford because <laughs> she, she's absolutely passionate about it, of course, and I have Kate, her older sister. She's the real skillful one. She's a bit like her father, you know, very skillful and well able to take a score, but the other one is a bit like her mother, uh, tough to handle and stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> as long as the mother don't hear me say anything, not too bad, but, you know, she, she's a cracker of a kid, and I just want to wish her all the best. And I hope she has a wonderful birthday at the weekend. That's it. And uh, from uh, hopefully, can you pass on uh, everyone here on, on Ross FM would like to wish her a very happy uh, happy Christmas. Uh, yeah, a very happy. Uh, that's coming too. But uh, as a very, we, we'd like to everyone here on Ross FM would like to wish her a very happy uh, happy birthday this weekend. And hopefully she'll have a she she'll have a, a great birthday. I will indeed. Uh, she loves it. Actually, she, she I always tell her that I'm going on the radio yeah. when I'm here. She always, how'd you get on the radio? I said, Grant, how's Aiden? I said, how's Aiden? You sent you a message one day and I seen her message come up on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> tell her tell her I said hello as well. And, uh, I, I will indeed, I will indeed. Yeah. But just before you go in, yeah. uh, there's one particular guy who I'd like to say uh, who put on a, a masterclass display of hurling at the weekend. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, but in terms of Owen Kelly, the great oh, temporary yeah. hurler, who at 38 years of age turned on the skill a style again last weekend after giving such such top service to his club and county over the la- over over the last fifteen or twenty year, you know, hats off to him. He scored two five in a win for his, his club in Mullinahone. It was the Seamus O'Rin Cup. I think it's the Shield a senior final. Uh, to be Lara, uh, to, uh, what was that? I think it was four eighteen to two nineteen. 
and he was the man who won it all. So fair play to all Kelly. It just shows you there's life in the old dog gate, Hayden. You never know. You might start putting on the gear again yourself and get out and do a bit of football or hurling. You never know. You never know. And uh, <laughs> I suppose uh, you never know. Um, but I suppose uh, with, with regards to Owen, he, he never lost it. He was always a, he al- always a gifted hurler, and it's it's great to see that he's still on the battlefield, as I say. No, yeah, but I always say that, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. The fellas, the fellas that are thirty or thirty-one or thirty-two, more or less, throwing the towels here. That is, uh, we spoke about this before. We actually spoke about players uh, back in our day or back in my day. I'd say you, you could hurl from eighteen years of age up to thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven. You know, you could hurl at top level yeah. at senior because the way it's gone changed. The way it's changed now at club level. You know, you, you're gone from maybe eighteen up to twenty-eight, twenty-nine. And if you're fit enough and strong enough to carry on, you might get another couple of years. But then it's the new generation of kids that are coming through that are leaving you behind. That's when you start questioning yourself. But I always say, never throw in the towel. Always hang in there. Always keep it. Always look after yourself. You know, you know, keep yourself focused on what you want to. You know, don't let someone else tell you to go away. You know, if you feel like you have enough yourself, and well, then you walk away. That's it, like, because I mean, I suppose really, if you if you look after yourself and you, you keep fit and. You do all the right things, you know. You never know how long you can you can take it. You can keep going, but uh, yeah. So listen, thanks very much, Larry, for that, and it was great to talk to you again. And we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll look back at those county finals again next week, and we'll get your thoughts on those. No problem, man. Thanks to you and all your listeners. I talk soon. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, former Wexford hurler uh, Larry O'Gorman.